I'm not pre-reading. I got a very important uh, update. Gritty goes on rampage. Fly- Flyers mascot body slams fans. Chucks towels on ice. Gets thrown in ben- penalty box during intermission. <laughs> what? This right is incredible. This is my man. Gritty came here to do a lot of stuff. But one thing he did not come here to do is fuck around. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck around he has not. Welcome everyone to episode 2-3 of the Brose Podcast, the podcast for bros who drink rosé. My name is Matt Casnell, and I am joined, as I am every week, by my good friends, Mr. Richie Sweeten. Hey guys. Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hello. And Mr. Tim Hansen. Hello. Coming to you live from Athens, Greece. Yeah, no. Oh, no. shoot. Where are you right now, Tim? I'm in uh, Herlene, the Netherlands. Herlene, the Netherlands. I'm How are things going? the home country. Oh, yeah. How's the weather in, in Herlene right now? It's beautiful. The flowers are great. Mm. We're, the Netherlands is very well known for their... Uh, fuck, I was going to say poppies. That well, as, as we all know, they're, we'll they're poppies. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, uh, yes, the Netherlands poppies. So this is episode 2-3. If you haven't listened to the first five episodes, what the hell is wrong with you? Um, please, uh, like us on... I thought you were mad at me. <laughs> Screaming and personal attack. (laughs) Why? I'm sorry I didn't finish the bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, uh, if you have not listened to the first five episodes of the show, they're available on SoundCloud. Uh, Please go ahead and listen to us at Brose. Uh, We're on Twitter at Brose uh, underscore podcast. We're just Brose Podcast. On Twitter, it's Brose underscore podcast. Oh, Brose underscore podcast. Okay. We're also available on Facebook as well. Um, but for those of you who have not listened to us before and are just tuning in for the first time, the, the premise is very simple. Uh, myself and my, my three good friends are, are four, the four bros, as, as I think we commonly refer to ourselves as, um, drink rosé throughout the course of an evening and answer questions posed to us by the women in our lives. Uh, they could be about the life, the universe, and everything, current events, pop culture, philosophy, uh, bad dates, and weird places to pee. Uh, now we are on uh, round three of our second meeting. This is round two three, which means that we are now on our third glass of rose, and things are going really well for us right now. Let me tell you, uh, <laughs> as far as consuming three glasses of rose. Um, before we get into the questions, uh, Rich, do you want to explain to the gentle listener what you are drinking? I am drinking. See, I got it this time. I, it's because <laughs> it's I six times up. six times a charm. <laughs> it's because I picked up the bottle. Uh, I. I'm drinking Rhone to the Bone Coutes de Rhone. It's a French rosé. It's a very light-colored, pink, almost peachish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, tasting notes says clear, light pink color. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that it's warm, it doesn't taste as good. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, I've noticed that, like, I don't know if that's necessarily the same thing with rosé, but, like, I've noticed, like, the only time I can drink, like, really cheap vodka is when it's, like, basically yeah. frozen. So, yeah. it may, I, I don't know if that's the case with mm-hmm. rosé as well. It might be the exact opposite, but who knows? Sean? Uh, I am drinking Josh, a vintage 2017, bottled and blended by Joseph Carr. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, honestly, it's... Really good. It it was good. It, this is one of the situations where usually you'll have the first glass and you're like, whatever, I don't really care, and then it'll get you know a little bit more, a little bit better every time. And this one started started pretty hot and has continued. Nice. Yeah, it's got some staying power. It does. All right. Good job, Mr. Hansen. I'm drinking Mum Napa's Brut Rosé Champagne because I'm classy and a spiteful bitch. Um, <laughs> It's it's delicious. It's on the lighter side of color as far as uh, similar to Richie's, but it's it's got some great fruit flavors to it that aren't just obnoxious. Uh, the bubbly brings it a little alive. But when you were talking about the cold thing, scientifically, the colder things are, the less of the actual flavor you taste. So right. That is scientific. So it being cold, it's like. Oh, it's it's not as disgusting as it should be. So that's the only way I can drink Canadian Mist is when it's it basically there's no taste to it at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, exactly. This, that's how we should drink Dickel. This bottle Ooh. says that it's um, best served at 50 degrees Fahrenheit, 10 hmm. degrees Celsius. So yeah. is that yeah. cold? Like how cold would that it's be? Because like that's like cold chilled. in the ocean. That's chilled. Okay. Chill. It's like so, your fridge is like slightly broken, but lot like. <laughs> so if we had an ice bath for it and it just kept right. it in the ice the entire time, it, it, it would probably constantly be good. But yeah. 
because it's warm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though I've had uh, three quarters of a bottle, it's not that good. And we're on the third floor of the house, which if you listen to episodes uh, one one through one three, uh, the the air conditioner was broken during that episode, so we were all sweltering hot. We have since repaired it, and also it's October, so things are a little bit better. But it's still the hottest room in the house. It's not yes. really going to preserve the, the the temperature there. Uh, my wine is an Apothic Rosé. Uh, Apothic is a brand that I've bought as gifts for people uh, because it's just like they, the only wine I've ever seen them make is like a winemaker's blend. So it's just like white, which is just a mix of like six different whites, and red, which is a mix of six different reds. But they're all good. Like it's all like good for like a like a twelve or thirteen dollar bottle. And I'm assuming the same of this rosé. Uh, this is the third glass I've had, and I can tell you it tastes about the same as the first one. Uh, <laughs> well, I think because I don't ever find But that, but I think that's a that's a good sign because last week. Right, we had our third glass. Yes, we did. Or no, wait, a long time ago, we had <laughs> we back away. in the day, way back, way back, we had we we decided that uh, for most of us, except for Tim, I think the quality of the wines went up the more we drank. But mine has stayed fairly constant, so it was it was you know a pleasure at the beginning and good at the end. Yeah. Where which, where usually you'll know you have the first one, you're like it's kind of gross, then start to feel it, and you're like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? It's alcohol. It's fine. Yeah. Um, great. I will say though that that uh, label of the apothec, mm-hmm. I think that looks amazing. It's a pretty label. It's it's like very. It's got this old like awesome. gothic, uh, this like gothic design to it. Um, it almost looks like like a, like a '90s grunge album. Like it's got that like like the weird like vines sprouting out of the A and everything. It's a beautiful bottle. Apothic yeah. rosé. If you're interested in looking at the bottle. Um, I will say that although it tastes pretty good, the bottle is better designed than the rosé actually tastes. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, like it's, it's, a young it's, adult vampire novel cover. It does, like a Steph, like the, the fifth Twilight book. Or how many Twilight books are there? Three. Too many. Three. Too many. Four. Four. I've read them Four. all, and I have oh, okay. no idea. It's it's think... it's whatever it is. Plus, it's it's whatever the next one is because I'm great at crafting jokes. Um, <laughs> so uh, I have here in my hand. Uh, the third envelope uh, crafted uh, of, of questions uh, created by the, the women in our lives about the life and universe and everything. There are three glasses of wine on this representative. 42. Three glasses of wine. 42. Uh, you're not going to like it. The back of this envelope says 25 with an exclamation point on it. Um, and there might be another word there. Sean, can you, can you identify what that word is? It says... 24 PST. I have no idea. Jake, Jake colored all of these. Okay, so okay, okay. It, it, it Wait, hold uh, it up to so the Jake, camera. Jake is your, your 10-year-old stepson, so um, so it's possible that he was just like adding, adding his own personal touch to the end. But I do like the fact that he colored them. He's, yeah, he, I don't know what the F that is. It's fine. It says 25 on the back, which is fine. Uh, 25, I believe, is LaShawn McCoy's number, so maybe this is a... Uh, that might be a stretch. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so this is number 25 went in there. Three this wine is the Da Vinci Code of, <laughs> of envelopes with questions in them. Tom Hanks, what does it mean? <laughs> um, are you all ready for the for what, what, what awaits us in the third envelope of questions? Uh, yeah, sure. All right. So let's uh, let's begin. Uh, again, if you are interested in the, the first two rounds of questions for this evening. Uh, <laughs> Did you just drop everything? Split through? it into like 13 pieces. Uh, <laughs> exploded you that asshole. Follow us on Twitter at Verse underscore podcast if you're interested in uh, seeing the first couple of episodes. Uh, the first question is uh, Guilty Pleasures, parentheses musicians. So I'm assuming this is Guilty Pleasures for bands, music, anything that um, might not be critically acclaimed, popular. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb right now. We cannot use the official band of Brose, Nickelback. As or Creed. Or, or Creed. Or Lifehouse. Life, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Or Creed again. Yeah, we can't use any of the Mount Rushmore of, of Brose bands. Mount Brosmore? Mount Brosmore. Mm. There we go. Okay, all right, all right. Mount Brosmore of musicians, which is just Scott Stapp, Scott Stapp, and whoever's in Lifehouse. I forget his name already. <laughs> so I have a playlist that I sometimes listen to, especially if I'm having a really down day, that I call the Princess Playlist, which is just all, like, Disney female singers, like, like Taylor Swift, um... Demi Lovato, uh, uh, what's uh, Selena Gomez? Like all okay. of them, like all like like the, like the Disney yeah like, like Chanteuses or yeah, like, yeah. that's mm-hmm. my guilty pleasure. Like I can rock out to a Demi Lovato, like and you know what? Uh, Preston and Steve they play a game called iPods where it's like, would you turn down the radio? 
No, I wouldn't turn it down. Mm. If I rode up next to some like beefy tough dude and I'm listening to uh, "Don't Forget" by Demi Lovato, I'm turning that shit up. Mm. Okay, okay, that's good. That's the purest sign of it, where it's like you're not you're not ashamed to have it at a stoplight or something mm-hmm. like no. that. I mean, I've I've uh, almost gotten in trouble belting out the lyrics to "Let It Go" in the middle of work. That's fine. That's a quality tune. Um, Tim, what's your what's your uh, guilty pleasure? Uh, I don't really have a band. I have like two songs that I would consider my guilty pleasure, which it would be uh, every time I, every time we touch by Cascada. Cascada, oh my yeah. God, yes. However, okay. the hell you say that, band? Like, yeah, oh my yeah. God. So good. That song is a jam. Uh, and then that fucking Cake by the Ocean song. Oh, I don't even know who it's by. It's DMC. It it's like song. Nick Jonas's new band. It is oh. the dumbest premise of a song, lyrics wise and everything, but I fucking love it. And it's a good song. It's quality. T- it's a quality <laughs> song. I can't. Like, say I rock out. Either. Like same as Richie was saying, Talk except my windows. Baby. My windows are up, but people will pull up next to me, and I'll just be like rocking and jamming, and I'll be like, <laughs> "Hi, fuck off." So good. Um... So I don't know if this is necessarily, it's not necessarily an artist, but Sean and I, uh, you and I have talked about this before. I am a big fan of video game music and like video game remixes from OC Remix. Mm. And I will listen to this all the time at work, like to just get me in the zone. Like I'll just get like all the Sonic songs or or, um, or like Super Mario or Mega Man or something like that. And I'll just get the remixes from those and, and listen to them at work. And you brought up something interesting, which was like the, the sort of like psychological angle, which is that video game music has to be engaging, but it can't like overwhelm. Oh yeah, there was a big there was a big. Uh, I read an article about you know Skyrim. Music in Skyrim has to be grand, but also not so engaging as to take away from the actual game, game that you're playing in that moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's basically what it comes down to is like I like listening to this stuff cuz it's familiar mm-hmm. and it's it's a slight twist on what is what I've commonly listened to. But like I, if somebody came up to me and said what are you listening to? It'd be hard for me to be like, "Yeah, well, this is a remix of the <laughs> Hydro City Zone from Sonic 3 and Knuckles." <laughs> Uh, somebody made this, um, so it, it, I guess that would sort of be my guilty pleasure. Um, the the other one would probably be just be anytime I decide I'm gonna listen to like Limp Biscuit or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like you know what, screw it. Like I'm just gonna listen to like the worst possible lyrics possible because this is gonna be hilarious. And yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, I find it funny because you sit there and you're like, yeah, uh, this is the uh, Skyrim soundtrack video, and I'm I'd be the one sitting there going like, full Brahim. <laughs> 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 so, did you say one? Did, did you get one? Yeah. Um, hmm, that's hard. I, I don't really have any guilty pleasures. Not to be like I'm above that, but like I, I like what I like. Yeah. But I would say if if someone looking in, I'm really into the album Spirit Room by Michelle Branch. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> okay. It's a all very right. good album. Okay. Also Is this the one, is, is this like the with, red cover? Yeah, with okay, like right. everywhere. Yes, okay. And, but it's that is a, it's a great album. I love Michelle Branch. Mm-hmm. I'm also super into Mandy Moore. Yeah. Uh, well that early 90s like late late 90s early but, 2000s like singer-songwriter. But, uh Mandy Moore more recently has put out albums that are closer to like uh, a folky country type Okay. Music that's a lot better. Like, Candy is a terrible song, but like yeah. her more recent stuff is a lot better. But it's hard to convince. Like, like, but we should listen to Mandy more. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it's like listening to Modern Jewel. Candy is my guilty pleasure. Yeah. It's like listening to Modern Jewel, where it's like, oh, it's different from Foolish Games. This is like folk country, yeah, it's like, good kind of stuff. Yeah. All right, all right, this is good. This is good. Um, any other random thoughts, guilty pleasures, anything like that? I mean, this isn't a guilty pleasure. This is just a shameless plug. I quite often listen to uh, the Proto Men, A Night mm, of Queen. That's it's, a good album. It is uh, their cover of. It's a live, live, live album, and they cover nothing but Queen songs. It's a good album. And honestly, they do Hammer to Fall, and Hammer to Fall yeah, is one of my favorite Queen songs. They, they do, do Hammer to Fall. They oh, do shit. Flash Gordon. Really? Like, yeah, at the beginning of it, they do Flash Gordon. Uh, it's it's the most legit Queen cover I've ever heard. That's really good. They did um, they did. I can't remember what it was, it was like the reboot or something. Like they did like a like a pseudo like film score, but it was them oh. covering a bunch of like eighties rock. So they did like the Trooper and Danger Zone and everything. And their cover of the Trooper is really good. Yeah, they're, um, except they're for they replace all the the references to the Russians with robots. So it's just like when a robot gets me in their sights and stuff. It's like, oh, hmm, okay. Yeah. But it's really, really good. Proto Men. Check them out. They're amazing. Act 1 and 2 is 
fantastic. I don't know if Act 3 is out yet. It should be, because it's been like six years. Hmm. All right. Um, the next question is, uh, it just says, most embarrassing moment. So we're, we're getting into the truth and <laughs> the truth or dare portion of the, of the show. Um, boy, most embarrassing moment. Um, so I was 10, maybe, and there was some sort of summer barbecue happening. And I went to go swimming, as I and they wanted to do family pictures uh, for the entire family. This is at my my house, and I'm climbing out the pool to get a picture, and my my swim trunks ripped from like the side to the butt crack and down the butt crack. This is out of like embarrassing like, stories 101. Like this is and this just is like... just flat down. <laughs> yeah, and I was so like. I, I had no idea what to do. I yeah. was ma- like, and these were like swim trunks that I had forever, and I loved them. And like, I, I get my talents. I was like, your, your swim trunks are ripped. And I look and I see my butt, and I get mad. Yeah. And instead of like wrapping myself, I get so mad, I throw my towel to the ground, <laughs> and then grab my towel, cover up my ass, and mm-hmm. run. Dude. And I'm like, I didn't. I don't think I left the house for at least forty five minutes after Woof. that. Woof. Yeah. That Beat that, thing. guys. Beat that. <laughs> That's hard. I mean, I definitely have my share of ass stories, but I mean, I, as far as the most embarrassing, this is more just like, just not listening slash a lapse in judgment. So, um, when I first started uh, working after college, um, they, you know, they would have like a monthly, like celebrate success, you know, department meeting, basically. And they would play games occasionally. And one of them, they would pull like random, random employees up and you'd play this trivia game. And they had like a family feud style game. And I was next up and the question was, other than uh, taking pictures, name something that you can do with your cell phone. And I buzzed in immediately and very confidently said, take pictures. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody started laughing like, well, why is everybody laughing? (laughs) You're all the idiots. This is the obvious answer. Duh. And I heard about it for weeks on end. So, so, so to one of the man to the point that one of the managers said, uh, "Hey, Matt, what are some other ways to say God bless you?" And I, like the asshole that I am, said, "Well, in French, you can say a te sway." He's like, "No, the answer is bless you." <laughs> I left the department two months later. <laughs> so that's, 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 that's the first one that comes to mind because it's like, dude. And that's like, I believe it was either freshman or junior year of high school. I had a teacher, there was this kid in school whose initials were AI. Mm -hmm. And this was post-Ellen Iverson era. Yeah. And uh, one of the teachers was like, and I knew this kid, and he was like, who's this AI everyone's talking about? I was just like, Ellen Iverson. The answer. (laughs) Slam. (laughs) This is what Rich was wearing his do-rag in, uh, in high school, like dressed up like hip-hop and a mascot. <laughs> Stuff like hip-hop. <laughs> you the, know. Big, the big sweater oh. that it's just way oversized. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim. I don't like this. <laughs> There's too many to pick from, aren't there? We already discussed it in episode one. If you no, missed it, so, episode 2-1. No, so for the most part, ever since I, like, past the age of 13 if i did something dumb i owned it i thought it was funny i got over it i'm hard to embarrass like that's just how i am but uh when i was much younger prior to even meeting matt so this is like pre-third grade maybe uh went to a day camp and this particular ymca day camp used like porta potties in some of the sections for kids to use so some of the other kids in my group figured out how to unlock the porta potties from the mm-hmm. outside and i got picked on a lot and these two assholes found out who was the girl i liked uh brought her over while i was taking a shit waited until i was at least wrapping up so that i was just <laughs> shit going yikes but they they unlocked it flew Flung the door open, picked me up, and threw me out of the Yikes. porta potty. Oh my god! Yikes. My in front of oh said god. girl, That's and I'm brutal. just like, that is, that, that, it's it's extra bad. Fuck you guys! You didn't do that. No, that was that was a situation that was thrust upon you. Mm-hmm. Like Richie. ripped, like you ripped your own pants. Like yeah. that's that sucks. But yeah, but you when, did it. Yeah. Oh my god, that's. That sucks. I think that's part of why it's embarrassing. Everything else that's yeah. happened to me as as like it's. 
largely been my own fault. It's just like I if you can't laugh at That's yourself, yeah, you laugh. Bonkers, man. That sucks. Kids are like, so yeah. shit. Right, you and you have, have had stories that are just kids like kids are like, super shit. Like shitty. the stereotypical like out of like the recess TV show kind yeah. of stuff. Like that's brutal. And the thing is, I can kind of relate to that story because I believe I was freshman. This kid was probably junior or senior in high school. Was in the same gym class, and I had mentioned to him that I had a crush on this girl in my gym class, whom I was in a circle with, like a hangout circle with during said gym class. He walks up before I could even tell. Like I even told him, "Don't say anything." First he says. Hey, so-and-so, do you know Richie likes you? And I was just like, I hid behind a corner mm-hmm. for, like, the next, for the entire class. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. No. Oh, I had that happen in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. Same kind of thing. All right, Sean. Oh, this is so hard, because similarly to Tim, I I'm, I very much own, <laughs> I own when I'm when I'm dumb and, do, oh, and okay. do dumb shit. Right. So it's hard. I can't think of anything I've ever been super embarrassed by. In I don't know I've done things that I'm not proud of but I don't I can't think of anything that I'm legit oh here's a cut here's the thing I might I guess I'm embarrassed by this yeah. is gross so <laughs> when uh, in college on St Patrick's Day mm-hmm. we went very hard and this is more a thing I'm embarrassed that I was a part of uh, we went very hard starting in the morning like we woke up at like 6 o'clock and went down to our friend's apartment and immediately was greet- were greeted with like car bombs and tequila shots like you did right off the bat and so I go we go in there and so by 10 o'clock everyone is throwing up drunk like it's not it's just it is it <laughs> is fuck? it is a it is a disgusting mess uh my girlfriend at the time is on the on the toilet throwing up, but she's sitting on the toilet throwing up into a Chinese food container. Oh, I'm throwing up into the sink next to her. <laughs> there's a kid, there's a kid on the bed, like like th- like 15 feet away, throwing up off the side of the bed into a trash can. Another person just throwing up. It was the grossest thing I've ever been a part of, and it was just it was one of those wake up calls where you're like I have no idea what the fuck i'm doing <laughs> i'm i should not be I, and we were about to graduate it's like maybe i was a junior it's like two weeks away. yeah it's like I was, it's just like one of those things you're like what am i gonna do with my life this is a it's mess to be a contributing member of society yeah, so. but i what, what but, was that what was that family guy episode where they're like god there's a scene from family guy epic what was that what, what was it called they drink Epicac. Epicac. That's what it was. And they all drink Epicac and see how long... Like that, That's what I'm picturing when you explain this one. Like They're all just like vomiting it everywhere. Was, it was a nightmare. And I, like, for real, thank thank those two guys whose apartment that was for dealing with that. Because <laughs> it was just... It was an absolute nightmare. But, it, I mean, that's that's an embarrassing thing that I was... But I'm not even really embarrassed by that. That was just like, what am I going to do? It's like, like a growing experience. Sick. Yeah. It's like, it's college. Yeah, I can't really yeah. think of anything I did that was super... Embarrassing. I I have one other one that was slightly embarrassing, but mostly ended up being painful. So um, the second Tough Mudder that I ever did. So I did a Tough Mudder with Tim back in 2012. And uh, about six months after that, I did a Tough Mudder with um, Sean and I, and and Rich, our our fantasy football league teammate, Pat Liu. Uh, We did a Tough Mudder up in like northeastern PA, like Yandel Farms in like Allentown. It was like the middle of a heat wave. So I decided I was going to wear like Under Armour shirt and I had shorts on. And right beforehand, I decided, fuck the shorts. I'm just going to take the shorts off. I'm going to have like the Under Armour like compression boxers underneath. And like, that's fine. Like that's, this is a, a perfectly acceptable because yeah. it's a hundred degrees outside. So within, within minutes, uh, the fir- like one of the first uh, terrain events is basically sliding down this this mud hill. And, of course, I get up and Pat Lou informs me that I've had a slit down my ass. And so my ass is just hanging out in front of everybody. I'm like, well, so I have a decision to make at this point. Ten because more Because I have ten more miles ten more of this miles. race to do. And it's like, well, I haven't put sunscreen anywhere else on my torso in the middle of this heat wave. <laughs> But my ass is just showing for everybody. So I took off my Under Armour shirt, wrapped it around my waist, and ran the rest of the race and basically got like third degree burns. <laughs> so the rest of the day, I was like, well, the, the next day, like I was, in fact, I was supposed to like golf with my grandfather on Monday and I was like, 
I can't move my arms. I can't go golf. I'm sorry. Like, it's not movement. So, combination of just, like, showing my ass to everybody in Allentown and also, like, suffering as a result of that. So, I guess that you can chalk that up to that that kind of that category. Um, any, any other any other stories before we move on? I think we, we've done, we've done some. Yeah, how you... How are you feeling post-marathon, by the way? Yeah, uh, I, I finally started staggering around. Uh, I, I ran the Chicago Marathon a couple weeks ago with our with our friend Joe Debus and another co-worker. And uh, it took me about four days to start running again. And when I went for my first run afterwards, my body started uh, rebelling. <laughs> uh, and ba- my legs and my, my, my glutes were basically going, uh, I thought we agreed. We were never doing this again. <laughs> uh, so uh, it did fine. I, I was a very slow runner. I finished in five and a half hours, which is about, f- I'll park about five miles an hour. Um, but uh, I survived. I did it. You did it. And if, and if I can do it, yeah. literally anybody can. And, and you know what? Congratulations for not bringing up that you run a marathon every five minutes. No, uh, I, although I'm working on it. Like I, I, well, One of the things that, that you do when you run a marathon is you do have to bring it up in every possible conversation. You have to change your name to like Matthew 26.2 Casnell. Uh, you get the stickers on your on the, the bumper of your car. Like it, It's essential, and I'm still working on that part, but I do think I'll become an insufferable runner at some point. Okay. So we're working on it. I asked Joe how he was feeling. He's like, I hate my life. My legs fucking hate so me. So the next morning, uh, the three of us that ran it, uh, it was me, Joe, and Ryan. And Ryan sent us a text saying, hey, can any of you move this morning? And Joe responded like a smartass and said, oh, I did a quick two miles this morning. Just felt like getting the legs loose. And Ryan responded, go die in a fire. <laughs> because none of us could move. It was, the, it was the worst feeling I've ever had as far as just like waist down, like muscles just tightening up and everything. But, uh, but yeah. And I continue to eat and drink as if I'm still working off the marathon. That's the key. Run a marathon and then just, just house like a full pizza and go... I ran 26 miles three weeks ago. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So anyway, so let's move on. Uh, the next question: favorite Rick and Morty episode. Now, Rich, you've pointed out you're not, you're not really a, like a big Rick and Morty viewer. It's not that I'm not a big Rick and Morty viewer. It's just I've never gotten around to watching it. Um, I've seen at it. all. <laughs> so you're not a big Rick and Morty fan. But I'm bigger than Forty Fan because I just haven't seen it. It's, well, no, it's a, I, I, mean, I mean, like, I'm not against it. I just oh. haven't taken like. There's so much other stuff I need to watch mm. that Rick and Morty is like, especially now that they've yeah. signed for like an additional 80 episodes. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure like, they'll see the that's, end of that. That's at the bottom of the totem pole yeah. right now. It's a funny show, but I think I've seen three episodes. It was uh, Total Recall. Yep. Uh, the one with the faced guys. Show me what you got. Oh, uh, get swifty. And um, that those are the actual. Maybe I watched the first episode. Okay. Once. And of those three, I really enjoy <laughs> Total Recall. Total Recall is one of the best. Yes. The the cr- it's definitely as far thing. as like the one that is commonly accepted as one of the best ones. I think Morty Night Run is up there for me. As far as ones that nobody really considers to be one of the best ones, uh, the Vindicators Three is still my favorite because I just love the idea of of like some of the fake, basically the Avengers that they've come up with, which is the guy who summons ghost trains and like the the crocodile who is also part robot and it's like so you're part unfeeling robot and part unfeeling reptile like uh, <laughs> like that that episode always gets me like I could watch I could watch Vindicators Three uh, over and over and over again. Tim? See, you've already got me beat because I don't remember any of the episode titles. <laughs> if, if Vindicators 3 I love because there is no Vindicators 1 and 2. No, that's the best part. So that, it was it was already my It was favorite. like the spaghetti incident or like at the beginning where it's just like, we already did one. It was the big event of that summer. <laughs> just, we're never touching it again. Uh, I mean, I... I there's so many reasons why any of them could be the best, and I guess it's what you're looking for in that episode. If you're looking for straight-up shenanigans, I love Total Rickle, obviously. It's just ridiculous bullshit. That's really good. If you're looking for aggression and violence, uh, Vindicators is a good one. The one where... uh, The Purge one is very violent. The Purge one. Yeah, where they get like the robot suits and whatever. Yes. that one's a great one. But I, I think the one scene that stands out to me most is more of a character building one where I think it's towards the end of season two where Summer is like getting ready 
to just like run away, leave the family and whatever. This is in the first uh, interdimensional cable episode. Mm-hmm. Is it? It is, yeah, yeah. Oh, Cause, yeah. Because yeah. they, they get no, the goggles right. and she... Because everyone's like, I shouldn't have been born, blah, blah, right. blah, blah. Life would have been better. Right. Uh, and Morty... You're right. So it's first season then. Uh, and then Morty comes in and he's like, you see those pit like mounds of dirt out there? That's my dead body. <laughs> yeah. And more or less he's just like, yeah, I, like, I'm dead. My old world like is royally fucked up. We had to come here where this guy dead. I buried myself. If I can deal with that... Suck it up and deal. And I was just like, oh, that's so powerful. It's really deep. It's great. But it, it teaches them the wrong lesson where it's just like they start winking at each other throughout the episode. Like, doesn't matter. Like, the, like, the Jerry, the dad, comes down and goes like, so if your mom and I split up, who would have custody? And they both go like, doesn't matter. And they treat it like this <laughs> big, like, life lesson that they've learned. And it's just like, well, actually, that's, like, devastating to the father. <laughs> Um, uh, Sean, Sh- do you have a, do you have a particular I, I don't. I, I like, I like the show so much, and, but I, I have a problem with, uh, there's a lot of, like, the people who enjoy the show. The fandom is it, a little out of control. Well, it, it's, it seems to me that a lot of people are missing the point of the show, where it's like, Rick is a piece of shit. Yes. Like, you're, like, you're not... You're not supposed to look up to yeah, Rick as, like, yeah. the life there's, there seems to be a lot of, especially online, like... I think the people who are most vocal about how much they like the show tend to misinterpret it. But then, like, everyone else is like, yeah, this is a great show. And it is, and it is yeah. so good. <laughs> like, T to B. Yeah. Top to bottom. <laughs> That's the ideal show. That's the thing. Like, I can't think of, like, what, what is the worst episode of that show? Like, there, I, there it's, isn't it's a bad one. No. I mean, there's not one. It, at least it's got a high floor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's not one that I would be like, I don't know, ever want to watch that one again. Yeah. Or, like... Yeah, I yeah. can't think of a bad one. We don't need to be like the 19th podcast that goes on record that says that Rick and Morty is a good show. Like, yeah. it's a very good show. Yeah. You should watch it. Uh, it. It's very out there, and it's hilarious. So, uh, so yeah, but I think, I think that's a pretty good breakdown of we it. We should get in touch with Dan Harmon and tell him to listen to this so that he knows who uh, we're yes. talking good about a show. Um, oh, jeez, Dan. <laughs> oh, jeez, oh, Rick. Um, Thanksgiving. Turducken is a dish consisting of a deboned chicken... Stuffed inside a deboned duck, further stuffed into a deboned turkey. Which three meats would you like to consume <laughs> stuffed into one another? What oh, a, This is the best question we've gotten. Six episodes. This is easily the best question. I think I'm getting the meat sweats just thinking about it. I know. God. Um, so it's three. It's three. It's, it's three. It's one inside another and then inside a third thing. Precisely. Okay. This is tough. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start... Chicken thighs have to be involved in some way for me. Okay. Chicken thighs are are delicious, and they're like... They're honestly probably going to be the healthiest thing involved in my <laughs> my particular turducken, <laughs> even though they're, they're just packed with fat, but uh, you can barbecue them, you can roast them. So I would go with chicken thighs as one. <sighs> There's got to be steak involved in some way. Mm. Bacon-wrapped filet stuffed inside a... Chicken thigh, cordon bleu, so covered with cheese and oh. some ham. So there's your two. Do you have a third? Well, yes. Chicken, steak, bacon, and chicken. So you're carrying bacon as one of the... Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That's, okay. That's, that's fair. That's fair. My bacon would be my shell as well. Yeah, that's you fair. Put, okay. You, oh, you put bacon in the middle. So okay. it's wrapping... So you're stuffing whatever your first meat is with... Or you're stuffing the bacon with the first meat and then stuffing whatever the other meat is with... So yeah, I would get like a small fillet, wrap it with bacon, put it inside a chicken, make it cordon bleu. Okay. Boom. Okay. Right there. I think what I'd wind up going with is you have chicken thigh stuffed with crab meat. Like lump crab meat inside of the chicken, and then that's stuffed inside probably a probably a fillet although for space purposes you're probably looking at like a new york strip <laughs> so <laughs> so i would go with crab meat inside of a chicken thigh stuffed inside of a new york strip steak and then you die because you've eaten all three of those yeah. ones and that's it that you've accomplished everything you need to in life hmm. so you would have surf turf and flight yeah okay. I, you get a little bit of everything and I think and I think those three specifically they're like the the th- like they're three ubiquitous flavors like you yeah. can make them work together. So he's got earth, wind, and fire. He's just got to earth. Oh, fuck it. I already fucked it up. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> earth, wind, and water, and then fire cooks them all together, yeah. and you're good to go. It's the Captain Planet turducken. 
I was gonna go with Avatar, but whatever. Fair. <laughs> and then the fire chicken attack. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about torture for? <laughs> uh, Tim, what is your what is your turducken? Your personal turducken? Ah, this one's hard, and primarily because like all of the things I'm thinking of don't really stuff in each other. Okay. This is a hypothetical. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. make it work. You, you can here's, do it. Here's the thing. Imagine you've got Emerald Lagasse working I'm, on this. I'm making mental notes of what you guys are saying. Oh, boy. I'm going to try and do it. Oh, my God. So, like, uh, a chicken stuffed with a crab stuffed inside a New York strip steak. It might not be a strip steak. It might be, like, a meatball. <laughs> but it's still kind of the same. Tim, hurry up and make an answer before I order some food. <laughs> Mine's gonna be close to Matt's, and it's uh, it's crab wrapped in bacon, stuffed into a ribeye. Ooh. Okay. Very good. That's Very good. good. Medium rare, like. Oh yeah, Medi- medium rare is the perfect be... temperature for any of this. Oh, Absolutely. So, so pretty much what I'm getting from you guys is make a meatball using the ribeye or the New York strip, and then cover it around. Whatever the other two objects are. That could easily be no. done. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, because if you make a meatball out of it, all that tenderness is just, like, shot because you just pulverize the fuck out of it and it's just mushy. That's a good point. That's a good point. Like, uh, the, the, the point of it is having the, yeah. the, the the consistency of whatever meat you've chosen. True. Um, mm. Sean, do you, have, do you have a final choice? I think I, think I would like uh, filet. And then inside a lobster, which is Ooh. then covered, wrapped in bacon. Okay. Okay. Which I think would go together well. Or maybe like a good, like a tuna steak or something. Because I'm trying to think of what would taste good. Because I think like lobster is really intense. Yes. So, and I feel the same way about crab. And mm-hmm. so is like filet. Yeah. Also, a lot of seafood will absorb the flavors of a lot of what you're yeah. using. So you could get... Your crab kind of tasting like whatever pork yeah. or steak that you're putting it together yeah, with. So now, when you're saying stomach inside of a lobster, I don't mean to get to, too deep into the logistics <laughs> of this here, but are you referring to like you actually like the, the shell and everything? You know, and you've got the, so it would be up. like a tail. Okay. Like the tail. And okay, okay, okay. Inside okay. the tail with the, with the lobster. Okay, because my, 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 my hot lobster take is that it is way too hard. Like it is a good food, but it is way too hard to get out for what you're getting out you're, of it. You are correct. But if you already have the lobster tail out, then yeah. you're, you're in good shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not. I'm not. We're not putting any work into this. <laughs> we're just 100%. eating. Yeah, I, absolutely. I agree with that. I'm putting all the work into this. This is all rich. I will be taking notes and the ofi- the official chef of the Brose podcast, Rich Sweet. I will be taking notes in four weeks, and I remember to. And are we I'm... are we doing a Brose uh, Friendsgiving? Ooh. Brose Friendsgiving, like a Brose like cookout or something. Yeah, you can make this. Yeah, happen. why not? All right. Um, I've got one other question for this round, and it is: it just says Thanksgiving. How do you eat your leftover turkey? Now I'll say this is broadcasting, I believe, on the thirteenth of of November. So oh, we're about a week away from Thanksgiving yes, at this we're the, point. We're a week before Thanksgiving. Right. So so this is this gives you enough time to get ready for what you're doing with your leftovers. Um, I am a savage. I will straight up just nuke it in the microwave. I'll dump whatever gravy I've got left over on it. I'm not hard to please when it comes to leftover turkey. Just give me a little bit of moisture to offset the fact that I'm putting it in the microwave, and I'm generally good. Although Thanksgiving leftovers are 99% of the reason why you participate in Thanksgiving. Yes. True, true, true. I want everyone else to answer before I talk. Okay. <laughs> Tim! I don't. Like, honestly, <laughs> you don't when eat it comes it. to Thanksgiving... When it comes to Thanksgiving, I will eat some turkey the day of, but that's about mm. it, and it's very minimal. I eat everything else. Really? So you're all and stuffing. After that, ah, oh, stuffing, Stuffing's green game. bean casserole, pumpkin pie, corn, not candied yams, not really my scene. Okay. Uh, but fucking everything else. I'll have turkey just because it's Thanksgiving. You can't not have turkey. Yes. But... Yeah, yeah that, that, like, unless you're a vegetarian. Leftovers, I'm just like, yeah, that, that, that yeah. Freaking communist. <laughs> there's a there's close to home. The NFL, the NFL podcaster Dave Damashek has a, a very strong point about stuffing, which is there's no reason why we can't have stuffing at all times of the year. Well, the, you also any food. Why don't we have well, turkey yeah. more than we have it? Because it is a very, very good. It's good. You can yeah. do a lot with it, and exactly. it's very inexpensive. It is. Yes. You can buy a whole turkey roast for like. It's a, 15 no, it's bucks. a, it's a ground, nonsense. Like, it's only a ground turkey chili thing. is is excellent. Mm-hmm. I am all about some ground oh, yeah. turkey chili. Yeah, that is very good. Yeah, I, I buy ground turkey meat. I'm about it weekly. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe bi-weekly. Like, yeah, when we used to make tacos before Taco Tuesday with Rich, where we just make fish tacos, we used to use ground turkey. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Anyway. Uh, so how do you do your leftover turkey? Uh, I like it cold with some like gravy cold. and some salt on it. Yeah, you put it oh. in like a sandwich, a cold sure. turkey <laughs> sandwich the next day. Get on my fucking level. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Sean with the sandwich. Yikes. The turkey, you, you keep cold. I don't do stuffing, but you can do the stuffing. I don't like, I don't can, like stuffing. Um, mm. But the stuffing, probably either cold or warm that up. But your turkey, you keep cold. You put it on top of a slice of bread. You warm up some some uh, uh, gravy. You put that on top. You close it up, and boom. You're right. I, well, I like that. I like the uh, the difference in temperature. Like, I like cold with hot. That's mm. one of my... That's, yeah. That's a, the that, contrast that's is good. That is huge, yeah. That, that's definitely true. Um, yeah, so there's some good turkey preparations. For me... Uh, I make turkey soup. I so I will get the carcass. One year I said to my brother, "Give me your carcass," and he gave me his turkey carcass. I have a giant stock pot, which is probably about two and a half, three feet tall, that I just shove the carcass in, filled it with like some stock and some veggies, and just boiled it off for like three hours. Wow! Turned it into a soup, put it into freezer bags, froze that for like six months, and just had it forever. Wow. Um, I will do sandwiches, I will do full-on platters, I'll do every, I'll even, like, I'll get leftover mashed potatoes and turn it into, like, a dough ball, put the turkey inside of it, and then deep fry that. I'll do everything with this stuff. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Just keep the stuffing away from me. I hate stuffing. But if it's if, only on stuffing, man. What? Like I don't like it no. either. It's the it's uh. consistency. I'm very much a consistency person. We went over this with the cheesecake, yeah, and it's sure. the same with stuffing. If there's a consistency and a feel to the stuffing that just You're right. uh. it makes me not like the flavor because Dude, of how so, it, how it feels. I, I I as somebody who has a problem with like certain cheese textures, like I I, I empathize. But man, like. A good stuffing with like ground sausage in it, like that's the that's the stuff. Man. No, I've ne- I've never liked it. It's always <sighs> it's my I have family members who love it, and I can't get behind it. Oh yeah, yeah. Tim, see, I've I've always I've always loved stuffing, and like Thanksgiving used to be this whole big thing for our family. Like everyone would come over super early, and it wasn't just like we don't eat all day and then we have one big meal. It's like no, you nibble all day. We we make appetizers. Mm-hmm. This kid does this part of the meal. This kid does this part of the right. meal. And when I finally found out what was in our stuffing, because I had no idea, I was just like, it's breadcrumbs. They're wet. They're moist. They're delicious. I don't give a fuck. I was like, what do you mean we put sausage and celery in this? This yeah. is a thing. It's bizarre. How the hell did I never notice that this crap was in our stuffing? <laughs> it, so, yeah. it, it's, oh my God. It's just. It's a, vers- it's a versatile dish. We got half of the Brose podcast in favor, half of the Brose podcast incorrect. So, uh, <laughs> so I've, I've never had a gobbler sandwich before. Just oh, it's so actually, good. I don't think I ever have either. So oh, wrong. They're so good. What? Because mm. they have. They I have know the they stuffing. have stuffing in it, but it's so and, much other stuff that it's so it, it offsets the gross mouthfeel of stuffing because mm. it has the texture of the turkey and stuff. And the cranberry you're, sauce and the. You you are you're missing out by not having one. Having made more gobblers than any one person should ever have to make. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate them, but I will always eat at least one because it's it's so good. It's seasonal. You can't not. It's not Thanksgiving until you have a gobbler. It's yeah. not that kind of year. Um, so those are the end of the questions. I do have one other sponsor. I'll make this as quick as possible because that's, it's very important. That's like six pages of read right this there. This is not true. This is not true. It's just very thick paper. It's very thick, and I'm a fast reader. Ben Smith left and waved goodbye at his co-workers as he departed from their usual Thursday night happy hour at Mick O'Sullivan's pub downtown. Though a little bubblier than usual, he felt good enough after two pints of Smithix and a glass of wine to drive the 20 minutes back home. He opened the door to his Ford Fiesta, sat down, and in one relatively smooth motion, inserted his key into the ignition and turned. Nothing. Without hesitation, he tried again. Click, click, nothing. Puzzled, he removed the key from the ignition, checked to make sure it was, indeed, his car key, and tried once more. Click, click, bang. The whole car shook with the sound of a single shot from the engine followed by silence. The check engine light glowed, but Ben was sure he felt the jolt from the back. Ben exited the veal, grumbling about warranties, and circled to the back of the vehicle. As he rounded the corner to the trunk, though, he lost his footing on something slick on the ground and slipped, cracking the back of his head against the asphalt. Motherfucker, Ben shouted. His right hand instinctively clasped the back of his head to survey the damage. 
Miraculously, he felt no blood. But as he pushed himself up from the parking lot, he yelped in pain and fell again. His left hand had touched something hot and gooey. He sat up to survey the scene, and in doing so, his eyes grew to the size of dinner plates. Splattered across the parking lot behind his car were chunks of molten banana, ignited from the exhaust of his from exhaust pipe. Ben was bewildered. He could jumpstart a battery and fix a flat, but there was nothing in his repertoire of basic car skills that prepared him for something someone going Axel Foley on him. Still reeling from the shock of the past 60 seconds, he pawed around the ground for his cell phone, trying to decide if his first phone call would be to AAA, the police, or his wife. He settled on the first one, and upon finding his phone, made the call. As he waited on hold, he, st he stood up and started towards the passenger side door for the owner's manual. On his fourth step, though, his left foot slipped and sent him to the ground again, the asphalt contacting almost the exact same spot on the back of his head. Ben groaned in pain, and the booze had begun to wear off just enough to allow the true level of pain to set in. If this is a goddamn banana peel, Ben thought to himself, seconds before seeing that he had in fact slipped on a banana peel, with the Jaquita sticker still attached to the outside. He only had a moment to wrestle with the slapstick comedy of his situation, before he felt a slap across his face from out of nowhere by an object he could only describe as very banana-like in weight and texture. Vision blurred from the contact, Ben felt himself lifted from the ground by a pair of unknown hands. The hands pinned him against the truck of Ben's car, and Ben's hopes that this was all some sort of sophomoric high school prank quickly evaporated. In the dark, Ben thought he saw a man dressed up as a banana, holding a bunch over his head like a claw. This is for ruining my life, the banana man said, bringing the bunch down on Ben's head. This is for double-crossing me. This is for Indianapolis. This is for damning me to this life. With each percussive this came another strike from the bunch of bananas. Ben swore felt like rocks, even as they began to disintegrate. Gradually, the banana man's manic manifesto devolved to wild grunts as he continued to beat Ben with the bananas. Ben slowly slid off the back of his car and onto the ground, barely conscious. Finally, the banana man stood over his victim, his bunch of bananas dripping as he held it at his side. And this, he growled, is for kicking me when I was down. He delivered a swift kick to Ben's jaw to punctuate the cruel irony of the situation. The banana man turned to leave the scene, turning back just once more to toss his bunch onto Ben's unconscious body. As he left, he could hear a AAA representative on Ben's cell phone asking for his name. Today's episode is brought to you by Chiquita Bananas, rich in potassium and picked sustainably from the farms of Colombia. Crush your enemies today with Chiquita Band Bananas. Chiquita! <laughs> Have you been reading a lot of creepypasta? Because that's what I'm getting out of this. Tim, I, I'm just getting this from the sponsor. Like, yeah. I, I don't make any edits. I don't do anything. I just, I just, I take the script and I, I, I go from there. Okay, well then I veto this sponsor because they say Smithwicks. Instead of Smittix. It's Smittix. It's Smittix, goddammit. It's Smittix. That might have been a bit of user error on that part. It's Smittix. <laughs> I'm aware. Um, anyway, so that's our show. Uh, that's episode 2-3. Any final thoughts for the gentle listeners, everyone? No, that's it, I think. Mom Napa Rosé, Brute Rosé Champagne. You can find it pretty much anywhere. It's delicious. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's solid. If you want that little bit of bubbly, it's great. If you like champagne, you'll love it. I hate champagne. <laughs> I still think it's great, so good to go. Apothic Rosé, a hell of a bottle. A good wine, a hell of a bottle. All right. Uh, Rhone to the bone rosé. Keep it chilled. Otherwise, it's not that great. I like Rhone to bone more. Rhone to bone. <laughs> Rhone to bone. Highway to the Rhone zone. <laughs> and uh, Josh. <laughs> and honestly, the best rosé I've had this in a very long time. High quality. High quality. Josh. Now, I want to let the listeners know that if you're interested, now we, we get these questions periodically, right? typically from our from our, our wives, our fiancés, our friends, and so on and so forth, but you too can submit questions to be answered on the Rosé podcast if you're interested in getting this level of insight on your question. Email us at brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brose, B-R-O-S-E, questions at gmail.com. Send us your questions and indicate which level of drunkenness you'd like us to be at. One glass, two glass, or three glasses. And we will do our best to incorporate it into our upcoming episodes. Uh, uh, rounds one, uh, three, one, three, two, and three, three, as it were. 
Um, but please email us and, and uh, let us know what you'd like us to answer. You can follow me on Twitter at MKaznel, M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. Rich. B underscore walnuts. Mr. O'Brien. Uh, hey, it's S-O-B. Tim. Tim R. Hansen, spell it like a bot. <laughs> and you can follow the show on Twitter at brose underscore podcast. I think I think my my sister submitted a question and I have to find it. Okay. Uh, so we'll edit out this uncomfortable silence. Oh no, we're definitely keeping this uh, in. Uh, all right. So we have one yeah. additional question that we might be able to it find. Is, it is honestly don't be looking for much. <laughs> Uh, Don't be looking for much. Is like the it's like the tagline for the Brose podcast. <laughs> the question is, how many feet do you have? Whoa! And the answer to that is, of course, two. Except for Tess, who asked this question, who has three feet, like a goddamn idiot. <laughs> a Tess, who you never remember exists. I was gonna now. say Tess, uh, who I, I'm not familiar with. Uh, I was gonna say uh, a random Tess O'Brien followed me on Twitter recently this week. <laughs> She's Riley. I, I immediately reported her for spam because there's no there's no way this person exists. You don't exist. So for years, I would send Christmas cards to Sean's house, and I would I would name Sean, Sean's parents, Francis, and Grace, and I would always forget Tess, who very much is a real person, at least according to you. Uh, and and every but but it would be like you'd send it to me a week later. Hey, thanks for the card. Tess wondered where her card was. I'd be like, oh, sorry, I'll remember next year. And sure enough, it didn't come. <laughs> to the point that everyone was certain it was a bit. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure. Nope, I'm just that dumb. <laughs> derp, derp. Yeah, so, uh, so poor Tess Riley, uh, who, who may or may not be a real person, not sure if they exist. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the question. <laughs> yeah. Tess. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so if you'd like to have your question answered, like Tess Riley, email us at brosequestions, B-R-O-S-E, questions, at gmail.com. Until then, this is Matt Casnell for Tim Hansen, Sean O'Brien, and Rich Sweeten, saying have a great night, and as always, a very pleasant tomorrow! Bye, everybody. Bye-bye! Bye! Bye. <laughs> And then the, then the piano comes <laughs> <in> right <laughs> after the part. <laughs> <laughs> That's the key. It's all about production. <laughs>